Good morning. In today's headlines, G7 leaders gather in Japan to discuss Russia and China, and the Chinese Communist Party holds a summit of its own for Asian countries. What does it mean for U.S.-China relations? We speak with an expert. Is the FBI engaging in retaliation against whistleblowers? That was the topic of a House hearing yesterday where three former agents testified. We have the details and reactions. The border crisis continues. Texas Governor Greg Abbott sends a busload of illegal immigrants to a so-called sanctuary city. Meanwhile, Mississippi says it's lending a helping hand at the border. NTD's new documentary tells the stories of people injured by the COVID-19 vaccine. We speak to the writer-director. And one remarkable student is set to break a college record tomorrow when he graduates with five degrees and he is not even yet a teenager. We find out what motivates him. Good morning and welcome to NTD. I'm Tiffany Meyer in for Kevin Hogan. Good morning. I'm Evelyn Lee. Happy Friday, everybody. Today's May 19th. Indeed. I can't wait to hear about that little kid who has so many degrees. I know. I w it blows my mind, honestly. <laughs> but first, until we get there, we have some big international news. The Group of Seven Leaders Summit in Japan starts today. The three-day meeting is in Hiroshima. Talks are expected to focus on Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the threat from China. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is reportedly traveling to Japan to join the summit in person. A dedicated G7 session on Ukraine is set for this afternoon. Leaders will discuss the idea of an international peace summit. President Biden arrived in the country yesterday and met with Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. The two leaders are looking to strengthen cooperation amid the nuclear weapons risks from Moscow and Beijing's increased aggression in the Pacific. Japan has committed to doubling its defense spending after witnessing China's military buildup in the South Pacific and the hostile actions of North Korea. NDD's Jeremy Sandberg has more on yesterday's meeting between Biden and Kishida. The longtime pacifist nation of Japan is bolstering its defenses as threats from the communist regimes of China and North Korea get closer to its doorstep. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has raised concerns that the Chinese Communist Party could be emboldened to take similar action against self-ruled Taiwan unless Moscow is stopped. Biden and Japan's Fumio Kishida talked Thursday about how to address the challenges together. And, uh, you know, we stand up for the shared values, including supporting great people of Ukraine as they defend their sovereign territory and holding Russia accountable for its new aggression. Japan says it wants to send a clear message about importance of the international rules-based order. The U.S. is expected to unveil a package of new sanctions on Russia and its supporters during the G7 meeting. As you said back in January when you were at the White House, I think the quote is we face the most, one of the most complex environments in recent history, security environment. And I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm proud that the United States and Japan are facing it together. Japan, a longtime buyer of Russian oil, has moved in tandem with G7 sanctions. But shifting to a more robust military has not been embraced by the Japanese public. The nation's self-defense forces have struggled to enlist new members despite extensive recruitment campaigns. Its most recent drive fell short of its goal of 10,000 new recruits by half. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. 
And while G7 leaders gather in Japan, the CCP is holding a summit of its own. Communist regime leader Xi Jinping kicked off the China Central Asia Summit yesterday in the historic Silk Road city of Xi'an. China is hosting Central Asian countries during the two-day summit. The five states are Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Uzbekistan. The CCP views the five former Soviet republics critical to its ambition in the region. Now, what's the significance of this? Joining us now to discuss this is Gregory Copley. He is the president of the International Strategic Studies Association. Good morning, Gregory. Now, first... Good morning. First, for some context, can you please just quickly give us an idea what leaders will discuss at the summit and what's Xi's underlying goal? Xi's underlying goal is to take over where the Russians cannot uh, regain their dominance in Central Asia. The Central Asian states, having just escaped more than a century of Russian and then Soviet domination, are not about to allow themselves to be brought back under the control of either China or uh, Russia. Uh, but the uh, but uh, General Secretary Xi Jinping wants to ensure that the Chinese investments in Central Asia are repaid because China is running out of money. It also wants to see uh, a buildup of the infrastructure across Central Asia, which is critical to the PRC's ability to escape the navies of the Western and maritime powers. So you could have internal lines of communication across Central Asia to Russia and to Europe. Uh, this is going to be very difficult. The Central Asian states are themselves trying to find a way to avoid trading through Russia or China uh, and finding other ways to get uh, to the international markets. So this is going to be very difficult. And it's an insult uh, by uh, Xi Jinping to President uh, Vladimir Putin of Russia because, I was going because to China ask about is this. trying to take over. So I'm interested because the countries invited are all countries that were formerly controlled by Russia. Now, what does it mean? Because China is now making alliances in Russia's backyard. What's What would be Russia's reaction to that? Well, Russia is fighting for regained control of the Central Asian states. It's not succeeding. The Central Asian states have turned from using Russian as their second language to using English as their second language. Most of them have turned away from using uh, even Cyrillic in the uh, writing of their own languages and have, turn, have turned to Latinizing their script. So this is a real insult to Moscow. Uh, they still trade heavily with Moscow, but are not about to fall back under Moscow's control. Hmm. Now, what will those strengthening ties, what would it mean um, if they had the strengthening ties for the, G, for the West and G7 countries? Well, the West needs uh, the, the trade with Central Asia, not just from an economic point of view, but also to give hope to Central Asia and also to create this great geopolitical advantage uh, in the middle of the Russia-China-Iran uh, alliance. This is critical, and yet the, we see the Western powers doing almost nothing uh, to bolster their position in Central Asia. Uh, we've seen President of Uzbekistan taking a lot of initiatives. He was in Germany just recently. Uh, there's a great uh, attempt uh, to boost Central Asian diplomacy with the West, but the Western states have done nothing. They've sent the uh, head of USAID, the aid program uh, leader, to Uzbekistan, but that's about all. We, we're not seeing a concerted recognition in the West that Central Asia is the key to the West's 
advantage in the new Cold War, which has already begun. Wow. Well, thank you so much for breaking all this down for us, Gregory Copley. I appreciate it. Thank you. Now, is the FBI retaliating against those who allege that the Bureau has been politically weaponized? Three former FBI agents tell their stories, but Democrats say they aren't credible. And today's Melina Weiskopf was at the hearing yesterday and brings us more details from Capitol Hill. Now, the point of this hearing was to probe the FBI, specifically to hear from three witnesses who all described what they believe to be personal attacks against them after they revealed what they deem as misconduct by the Bureau. In weaponized fashion, the FBI allowed me to accept orders to a new position halfway across the country. They allowed us to sell my family's home. Then, on my first day on the new assignment, they suspended me, rendering my family homeless. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are doing that are wrong. In the parking lot of a school board meeting where the FBI sent you, you were taking down information regarding people's license plates. That's correct. Steve Friend had his security clearance revoked after objecting to the use of a SWAT team to arrest a January 6th protester. And Marcus Allen, another witness, also had his security clearance revoked after working on a January 6th related issue because I forwarded information to my superiors and others that questioned the official narrative of the events of January 6. As a result, I was accused of promoting conspiratorial views. Democrats have accused Republicans of engaging in conspiracy theories, saying that these witnesses are not credible as whistleblowers. I asked a few Democrats why they're saying this. Here's what they told me. We don't make the determination whether someone's a whistleblower. They don't make the determination. The reason that they were fired is because they breached security codes. These are individuals who espouse um, views and opinions that were political. In, as federal agents, which is inappropriate. Republicans say this issue reaches further than just these three individuals, saying that it appears that big corporations worked with the FBI to provide personal bank information about everyday citizens who were here in Washington, D.C. around the time of January 6th of 2021. Here's how Congressman Bishop explains it. I don't know how many people are on that list, but it's maybe thousands of Americans. B of A is one of these two big to fail institutions. All of those people, unless, I mean, they just willy-nilly turned it over without any process from what we're being told. That's chilling. So what's the solution here? Some say that Congress needs to act to update whistleblower laws to provide more protections. That they can't be deprived of outside employment when their pay gets suspended. That their material possessions can't be seized, which is what happened in here to one of these guys. And this is sort of the goal, according to that select subcommittee report, as they consider potential legislative reforms to the top law enforcement agency. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskup, NTD News. On to the border crisis, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said yesterday that his state sent a busload of illegal immigrants to Colorado. The immigrants were dropped off in downtown Denver. NTD's Daniel Monahan has more on the governor's comments. According to Abbott, Texas is overwhelmed. He says overrun border communities should not have to shoulder the flood of illegal immigration due to President Biden's reckless open border policies. The Texas governor criticized what he described as mass catch and release without court dates or any way to track those let go. 
Abbott told Fox News that the U.S. needs the border policies implemented under the Trump administration. Three years ago, we had the lowest number of border crossings in decades. Abbott stated that Texas will continue busing illegal immigrants to so-called sanctuary cities until the current administration steps up and secures the border. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves also reacted to the situation on the southern border, saying on Twitter, drugs and illegal aliens are invading our country thanks to the Biden administration's unwillingness to put public safety over politics. Reeves says Mississippi has mobilized its National Guard to assist with border security. In related news, the Supreme Court on Thursday dismissed a case involving Title 42, implemented in 2020 to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. It allowed authorities to quickly expel illegal immigrants back to Mexico. The policy expired last week. A group of Republican state attorneys general were attempting to keep it in place. In a statement agreeing with the decision, conservative Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote, The current border crisis is not a COVID crisis. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. The Biden administration says it now handles border security under Title VIII. The policy means tougher consequences for people who cross illegally. Illegal immigrants face at least a five-year bar on re-entry into the U.S. Coming up, Disney does an about-face on a nearly $1 billion Florida project. The company also has some bad news for fans of a unique hotel. And do you know how to protect yourself from tax fraud? Two experts tell us what steps to take to keep your personal information secure after the break. Welcome back. Disney is scrapping plans to build a nearly $1 billion complex in central Florida. The project was expected to bring about 2,000 jobs to the state. NTD's Daniel Monahan has more on the entertainment giant's decision. A company spokesperson said changing business conditions were behind the move. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis reacted to the news saying, given the company's financial straits, falling market cap and declining stock price, it is unsurprising that they would restructure their business operations and cancel unsuccessful ventures. Disney will also shutter its Star Wars-themed luxury hotel at Walt Disney World in Florida. The two-night Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel opened just over a year ago. The hotel offers 100 rooms with bookings starting at $4,800 for two guests. The company didn't provide a reason for the closure. The announcement came as Disney deals with financial disappointments as well as an open conflict with Governor DeSantis. The conflict centers around DeSantis's efforts to revoke the company's special legal and economic privileges. So they're upset because they're actually having to live by the same rules as everybody else. Disney sued DeSantis on April 26th. It accuses his administration of weaponizing its power to inflict political punishment on the company. Disney says that is due to its opposition to the Florida governor's parental rights and education legislation. The law banned instruction of gender identity and sexual orientation in public schools for kindergarten through third grade. And I will say a lot of Floridians were upset, particularly parents, uh, that they really went so headstrong into trying to get the sexualization of the curriculum into the elementary schools. The day DeSantis signed the bill, Disney issued a statement saying it was the company's objective to have it repealed. Disney says DeSantis is using the state government to punish a company for voicing an opinion that should be protected by free speech rights. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
As many move on from the pandemic, vaccine safety is coming under scrutiny. A Texas judge ordering the Food and Drug Administration to speed up making public the vaccine trial data from 23 to 2 years. That data was used to license COVID-19 vaccines. Now, what about those who took the vaccine and experienced life-altering reactions? We sat down with Cindy Drukier, writer and director of the documentary The Unseen Crisis. Cindy Drukier, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Cindy, you just came out with a new documentary titled The Unseen Crisis. Give us an idea of what it's about. The Unseen Crisis is about people who stepped up and got their COVID-19 vaccine shot and then had a very severe reaction to it. Essentially, it's a story of people who did what they were asked to do. Some of the people, two of the people in the film were actually in the vaccine trials, one of them a 12-year-old girl. And the same day she got her shot, her reaction started. She's now in a wheelchair with a feeding tube, and nobody has helped or paid any attention to her at all. And Cindy, give us a sense of how many are vaccine injured. Is there any way to tell? No. <laughs> We, we, we have no way to tell because, again, these same agencies who would be the ones in a position to collect that data and let us know clearly aren't. And, you know, one of the things that I explore in the film that I found out is all of the different ways in which that data was collected and where you might be able to find answers to that, they wanted to hide. They didn't want to let these databases public. So one of them is called the, the vSafe app. Um, maybe you even registered for it. Anyone out there who got your vaccine, you were encouraged to download this app so you could register your health after getting the vaccine. This wasn't to report bad reactions. It was everybody was encouraged to do it. About 10 million people did, so it was very popular. And after um, FOIA requests and a couple of lawsuits, finally, the CDC released that information to ICANN, the Informed Consent Action Network. And what it revealed was that 7.7% of every one of those 10 million people had to seek medical help after getting their vaccine, either going to an emergency room and, and getting care there or being admitted to a hospital. That is a lot. And Cindy, in terms of the vaccine injured that you interviewed for your documentary, what do they want? What are they hoping to get? The main thing they want is recognition because they, these stories are repeated. So that's one thing they need. Another thing would be nice if, if, you know, the agencies were studying what's going on with them. Maybe we could screen for who might have a reaction. Um, we've, we found out that early treatment is actually the key to a full recovery, not being in a wheelchair a year and a half later. So if they could get diagnosed very quickly, they'd probably get treated very quickly and could, you know, avoid these terrible outcomes. Indeed, you here. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. The Unseen Crisis will premiere tonight on Epoch TV at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to Epoch TV to access this and more original documentaries, shows, movies, and other great content. The IRS has found what could potentially be around six point three billion dollars worth of identity theft. Criminals use your personal information to file fake tax returns and get real refunds. Entity Sean Marshall explains how you can protect yourself. They can do things like lock their credit file. That's one big thing that we recommend that every everyone do. 
by default, your credit file is unlocked. Brian Horning is the CEO of Exact IT Solutions. He says your credit file is a record of your credit history and financial activities. Lenders and creditors look at your file to see if you're creditworthy. But criminals can also look at it to get personal information. Horning says you can lock this file by calling your credit bureau, probably one or more of the big three. Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. You can contact them or you can sign up for a service that will allow you to lock and unlock that file. And you can subscribe to other third-party services. One popular one is LifeLock, where it does similar things. It monitors your credit, but it also allows you to control when your file is locked and unlocked and who can view it. Other steps you can take. Keep your devices secure. This involves keeping your computer and phones updated with the latest safety features and safeguard your personal information, such as your social security number and financial account numbers. Monitor your credit ratings, monitor your, your um, bank accounts, uh, your credit cards, and if you see any suspicious information, contact your financial institution directly and, and they can usually help you resolve it. John Clay is the VP of Threat Intelligence at Trend Micro. He says it's important to initiate contact with the IRS if you're a victim of identity theft. You can contact the IRS Identity Protection Specialized Unit at 800-908-4490. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Those were some good tips. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy what we have to look out for nowadays, though. Indeed, so much, so much. It's yeah, crazy. incredible. All right, but what's also incredible, one remarkable student is set to break a college record tomorrow when he graduates with five degrees and he's not yet a teenager. That story in just a minute. Welcome back. A 12-year-old boy, Clovis Hung, is about to break a record, becoming, becoming the youngest graduate to earn five degrees at Fullerton College. He will join 900 other graduates in a ceremony tomorrow. He was just nine years old when he enrolled at the college. He says he feels proud of his achievement and that hard work pays off. His mom has been homeschooling her son alongside the college courses. She says he's super inquisitive, mature, diligent, and highly motivated. Look at that little genius. Wow. That is so impressive. <laughs> Can't believe that. Wow. Well, okay, what did I do at that age? <laughs> Probably were, was playing with Barbie dolls or something. <laughs> Lots of outdoors. <laughs> well, all right, moving on. You never know who will appear at your front door one day. Curious bears surprised a Colorado homeowner by opening the front door of his home. Video shows one of the bears opening the front door using the handle. He seems to invite his companion in. The owner then bangs on a window to scare the bears off. According to Colorado Parks and Wildlife, black bears are smart creatures and their noses are 100 times more sensitive than ours, which allows them to smell food five miles away. Perhaps that, that's what they were hoping to find inside. Maybe. Talking about inquisitive, be, uh, inquisitive beings. <laughs> that knocking really worked though. Man, would I be scared if I saw that. Oh gosh, right. I know. I think they're cute from a distance. That's true, yeah. Well, Tiff... This is your last day, isn't it? We'll it is. We'll finally let you go back to your normal schedule after this. So bad news, but good news. Kevin Hogan will be back Monday. 
Yay. Indeed. And I'll still be on China and Focus every day. So That's you can right. find me there. <laughs> all right. That's all for today's program. We'd love to hear from you as usual. If you have anything to share, write us at goodmorning at ntd.com. That's it for today and for this week. I'm Evelyn Lee. Have a great weekend. And I'm Tiffany Meyer.